Hi everyone, welcome back to Manaria. Manaria, Manaria. AKA. Shut up, Nick. Shut the fuck up, Nick. <laughs> AKA. Uh, we're we're gonna kind of subtitle this "The Darling and the Dragon." I like it. Because I am one of your hosts, Mike Darling. Of course, next to me is Caitlin Chase. A.K.A. not by me, the dragon. And uh, over the radio airwaves, over the internets, over the interwebs, the three dubs, as I like to call it, the WWW. <laughs> that's, that's hot. Is Nick Morris joining in. Yeah. He was, yeah. Uh, he was Zooming with me. We were writing some music and, uh, and the scheduling overlapped. Just like last time, he's just here. So it's been a little while since we've done a podcast. It has. We've been separated by uh, time, space, and uh, pandemic. Yeah. It's like a romance movie, like two ships passing in the night if that night were a terrible disease. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, um, Kaylin and Nick are based in L.A., uh, but we're recording this in Nashville, so uh, until we figure out how to you know, operate our computers, this is pretty much, we got to wait until someone's in town. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of those things. Try not to travel, um, but I split my time here, and uh, there was work that had to be done, and so here I am. So even though that scared me, and I uh, put myself in a, a giant condom on the airplane and bathed in bath salts. I don't know. I did the bath salts. I bathed in hand sanitizer, but I had to. I had to do something worthwhile if I'm going to contract the virus. So here I stand, six feet away from Michael Darling, ready to talk about. Shit. <laughs> what did you do with the baths? What the bath salts were? Oh, Nick, bath salts. You know that's a drug, not just a. It's called bath salts. It's a drug. Because it looks like bath salts. It's Florida, Nick. If you take bath salts, you'll. Uh, let's see, what was the famous one? The guy was eating another dude's face on bath salts. Like on the street. Okay. Just freaking out. So it's basically like PCP with even less sense of humor. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta get me some of that. So you. Bathed in hand sanitizer, though. Yeah, and I did a few bath salts. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, and also, I was joking about that condom thing, but if you bathe in hand sanitizer, put a jimmy on or whatever girl version of that is because you will you will uh, get it in there, and it's not great. That's a really good point. I think uh, all the kids listening to this can uh, use that information. Yeah. Hey, we all want to be clean. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, So, but here's a problem with that. You can put a condom on your member. Yeah. What do you do about your butthole? Because that's blood. a pretty sensitive spot too. You can do it. You can go on natural. What but, what bears do is they eat a bunch of like pine cones and twigs and mud. Or you can or you can just put a butt plug in. <laughs> is that what you did? Of course. It's 2020. Oh, okay. I don't like it. I'm not really into butt play, but as opposed to having a burning O-ring. You know, I would, I'll, I'll jam a, a small little, like, you know, get out of there, butt plug, and, uh, you know, that's fine. Right? <laughs> I, I just don't Shut up, Nick! <laughs> Nick, what was that? What was that? I, I, I'm just not sure how the butt plug protects you entirely. If you don't want hand sanitizer to go up your cornhole, Nick, the butt plug has, like, a little, like, uh, like a, a wider base. So as, oh. you, as you pop that in there... I, you're probably not aware of, of the physics of butt plugs, are you, Nick? No. No, he doesn't strike me as he is. Well, Nick, look up butt plugs and you'll see what I'm talking about. You'll understand. There will be no hand sanitizer in your in your brownie smile. Okay. Brownie smile. 
Good God. So, so, so there, there's protection for the rim. Yeah, you, it's, the whole situation is taken is taken care of. Hey, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to take his word for this because... Uh, God, you guys are so... Oh, you just don't understand. Like, what do you look up on the internet? Like, what are you looking up <laughs> that you don't... I'm surprised that anybody on planet Earth with a fucking smartphone doesn't know all about butt plugs or similar facsimile thereof. All right, here's here's a, here's an idea for our next podcast. We're all going to order butt plugs and we're going to wear them during the cast. Oh God, you don't really. I mean, that's I was doing a I was doing a bit. Nick, this is the first time in my life I might agree with you. You know what? No, I refuse. I refuse to agree with Nick. We're doing it. <laughs> get the small ones though, otherwise you're going to be sad. Oh man, yeah, we'll get. I'm remote, man. Nick, you and I will get the beginner butt plugs and we'll get the biggest one we can for Kalen over here. Oh, uh, you know I want to win, but not that bad. <laughs> so uh so we're like three months into quarantine here and outside of butt plugs what have you been up to um trying to forge and redefine my music career in the middle of a global pandemic which seems like a silly idea but i didn't have much of a choice making a lot of music uh recording establishing my uh air quotes for you podcast listeners online presence very nice yeah yeah it's actually been a really good time to get a lot of projects done. I, th- I feel like a lot of artists are taking good advantage of it. it there's, I, I, it's inspiring to see people creating things and, and I think the, the weirdness of, of how we're existing is making it, it feels fresh and new. We're all kind of in our little bunkers doing this instead of like, oh, I'll see you down at Ocean Way, you know, lay down a couple tracks, let's get a, let's get a fucking Dave Grohl to do drums on this song. It only costs about 100000 Now it's like, we got to figure out how to do this shit in-house, literally in-house. Um, and I'm a full-fledged troglodyte as far as technology goes, so I've come a long way, so I'm probably as good as our listener's five-year-old kid, probably conceived out of wedlock <laughs> at a... At a at a Foo Fighters concert tying back into Dave Grohl. That's a really good point, though, because technology really showed up in like the late 90s, early 2000s for home studios. And so that was a really big deal of being able to record on your own mm-hmm. um, and being able to take it not just from like scratch tracks, but for the first time ever at home, you could do a professionally mastered album right from your living room. If you had all the toys, once you, I mean, once you got into the digital age, things were possible. Then... You had, but like, it was a long time, especially mastering and, and stuff like that. You you still needed the studios. Now, it's almost, as far as like, because everything is digital, so you, the degradation of, of what you're getting anyway, like you can get away with a, Nick, what's it, Bandcamp? Who does the, the masters for? Oh, I mean, well, there's multiple. Tune core. So like you. You send them your track. Okay, so Matt, like, you look at mastering. Like it used to cost an obscene amount of money, and it was a very select few people who mastered. Now there's an, basically an app that you put your fully mixed track, you send your fully mixed track, and they take five minutes and they give you five different masters, all you know, all di- like some bass heavy, a, a radio ready, um, loud, you know, like like you have these options and they're just there. Like, yeah. And just, so, so all of a sudden, something that used to take you know, years of years of work to be able to accomplish for a very few people is done. You know, on uh, is done by sending an email. And yeah. Then waiting why does, for a download? 
why does mastering can work now yeah that's wild why does it kind of sound like there's just some guy receiving this email and he just plugs your your mix into like an instagram style filter there well that's basically they're they've enhanced the idea and that's what they're doing which is why on certain songs i still choose to go to a mastering guy because uh-huh. they are using they're they're you're still these, these sound great it's awesome for what what you need to do and you will not be sad about it but if you go to a professional you're going to get even better stuff but that depends a lot of people aren't listening on speakers that matter so it, it kind of becomes your own narcissism oh and i forgot to say shut the fuck up nick um <laughs> it's but it's even when, you ask me the, wait, even when you ask me the question yeah, yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like your answer. It was very, very thoughtful and true. Uh, uh, Nick, I, I appreciate it. Just keep jumping in there. Uh, this whole thing is derailing as we speak. Um, <laughs> but you know, Nick is correct. Now, you know, if somebody's making a cool song in their 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 living room, they could do it. And you were saying, and then you send it here, and you get a nice master. Which, uh, for people who don't know, mastering takes a song that might be way quieter on your playlist and makes it equal volume comparatively uh enhances frequencies all that stuff and uh, i'm not going to try to uh, explain it because i would be dishonoring the many people who still do this professionally and if you can afford it guys send your tracks to a professional mastering dude because it will be better but if you can't what shout out your mastering guy oh yeah my guy is rory o'flattery he's from ireland um, Rory O'Flattery, you say? Yeah, no, no, he's straight up. My, my, my. So my producer and mixing engineer and go-to guy, his name is Phil English, and he's from England. Oh, Phil LA. English, you say? Yes, yes, and he would tell you you are mixing your accents uh, regionally. <laughs> Probably. Um, oh, you know he does it all the time. Yeah, he's, you know he's good. Uh, and then my mastering guy is Rory O'Flattery. So I've got all I need is like a Scottish like bouncer or or drug dealer and and a Welshman. To do something, Maybe I don't. Drive. I don't know if you should trust a Scotsman for just anything. He'd be like, "Put your mic over here." <laughs> oh no, he's not touching the studio. I actually know a great. Uh, 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 I can't remember his name, but I I do have a Scottish guy. We could get these guys together. Wow. I just need to. Nick, where are we on finding Welsh people? I want the entire British Isle in my cadre. Like grape juice, Welsh is grape juice. Would that work? Fucking uh, Nick. Nick, is the signal okay? Are you are you paying attention over there? I, he said Welsh, so I was thinking grape juice. Oh, good God. Let's move on. I think we should. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I guess not. We found that out. It's like it's like going to see Babe Ruth hit three home runs, and the next day you, you see him covered in his own shit in a freaking ditch. Oh, yeah. You know? It's like, wow, the great and the great. <laughs> oh, like, oh, he's so great. Oh great! Yeah, <laughs> somebody's got to hose this fat fucker off. Oh, that was a that was a movie, huh? Yeah, the Babe. The Babe with John Goodman. Yeah, he was not happy about how they did that movie. Really? I saw that on a uh, Inside the Actors Studio. Don't know why, but Wait, we shouldn't open that rift. John Goodman wasn't happy. He about was. It? He did not like. I mean, not he like, did it. What, yeah. What's what could I think be wrong? They, he well, was I'm there sure the there whole was time. editing, uh, the the director's cut. Okay. Oh, you know, uh, he, I mean, you guys work in that stuff. It's yeah. The quintessential biopic that tried to do too much. The problem with biopics is that all of them try and encapsulate someone's life into two and a half hours, and I think that that is basically impossible. And if you if you look at a lot of the movies that tried to do that, the ones that are better concentrate 
on one part on certain aspects like my favorite would be jobs the aaron sork the the one that aaron sorkin did about steve jobs where Uh he basically took three launches and told the story through those three launches you got more insight about steve jobs from that than you did about for instance like the babe like where you get a you get you know he's a kid and then he's a teenager and then he's in his 20s then he's in his 30s you know and and, and you just get these little bitty like it just it it, should have done a mini series yeah well, they could have done that back well, then. Well, now they would. Yeah. HBO would pick that up and be like, "Let's do this exactly. thing." Yeah. That's how you. That's how you got to tell a story to someone. You got to give. You got to give it six or eight episodes. You know. Uh, I like the miniseries. I like the miniseries, yeah. but uh, you know, I didn't watch the Steve Jobs thing because I don't give a fuck about that sweater wearing corpse. Oh, dude, Christian Bale. You should watch Kate Winslet. I thought movie. it was Michael Fassbender, Nick. Uh oh. Oh shit! It is. <laughs> oh no, Nick oh! was wrong. Christian Bale did. Dick Cheney. You are correct, sir. Nice. Why do I know this? What's I don't happening? know. Why do you? I haven't seen either of these movies. Uh, but we. Uh, I don't know what's happening. I don't like. It. Let's move on to something more base and and. Yeah. All right. Let's break away from all that. Let's get back to quarantine. Oh yeah. We were so about quarantine. so quarantine has kind of led to a lot of people recording at home, but it's also led to a lot more live streaming from artists, and I love this. I think it's so cool. Uh, you've even done a couple live streams. I have. Cool. What? Tell me. Tell me a little bit about that. What platform are you doing it on, and when's the next one? Um, I'm using a platform called Stage It, which is uh, amazing, and and they are they're very hands on. They're really great at communication with the people that are because they weren't prepared like so many of these sites. I mean, th- this was a kind of up and coming thing, and the pandemic happens, and suddenly they're oh, they're they're getting everybody. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know how large the team is. Uh, I don't remember the name. Nick, look up who owns all that stuff because I don't remember. But I would love to <laughs> shout them out because they are very, very nice. Awesome. And they they work with you. So you get on there. They they do a sound check. You know, you do a sound checks and um, you play your show and you, and everybody logs in and they can tip you. You buy your little tip things. So uh, artists are able like the my family and friends and fans have been very generous to me on both of my performances and have allowed me to. Uh, buy the drugs and butt plugs that I need. It's actually really fun to do the tipping too because you like buy out like five bucks but then you can tip a dime at a time. Yep. So you feel like this rich person sitting at like a Vegas casino. Yeah. Uh, what am I, what's the word? Uh, slot machine. Slot machine. Yeah. yeah. And you're just Ding. pumping in your pennies like, man, I'm so rich. I got so many pennies. Yeah. 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 And it's great for us because those little pennies add up and um, and just the support. that it, it, I think it's a really great site for, you see comments for people and you, you can really interact. Um, I'm going to be doing Instagram Live, Facebook Live stuff uh, yeah. as well. So as an artist, like when you're doing those live shows, you know, there, I, I know having come from like theater and I've done, done some live work, um, the feedback from that live audience, the lights, the noise, the applause, that's all like such a big part of it. How does that translate to online? Are you getting that same kind of result? Oh, absolutely not. It's, it's different though. <laughs> it's, um, you're... If you think about it like in the techno way that it's happening, we're we're transferring all this energy through all of this technology to try to achieve the same thing. And you know, that's why uh, the last show I did, I had like glowing lights doing playing with the rhythm that I was playing and, uh-huh. and trying to do like I tried to make it look as showy as I could. Um, cool. But you're not you're not smelling the sweat or, or feeling the, the breath or anything like that. It's a different thing. So you have to change your perspective. It's if 
if it's as rewarding for people who don't get to see it, and that's the thing, I didn't get to play live, and they didn't get to hear music, and now we yeah. have this option. So instead of, if we were pandemic you know, a couple decades ago, what would we be doing? Listening to our records. Um, and so we have to be grateful for that. But there's nothing better than a room full of sweaty people, <laughs> drunk and ready to fuck. Yeah, and I think it's actually really good. I, th I think it's really good for artists to embrace live streaming and social networks more because right now your audience is unlimited as far as who you can reach in a live show. When you're doing a live show like in a bar, yep. you're limited to how many people will show up and pay five bucks to get in and the capacity of that place. Yeah. For a live bar, you might be limited to 50 people, Yep. but online it's unlimited. There needs to be, there definitely needs to be an appreciation for it and, we, and people need to stop living in the past for that and, and embrace what the possibilities are. But what we don't want to do is what happened to movies and certain things like just because I can stream Hulu at home doesn't mean I don't want to go to a movie theater, which we can't now. And, you know, you got to make sure that that we still appreciate the tactile human relationship of being together when it's safe to be together live shows need to be you know promoted and appreciated so you know i'm always just cautionary to say yes let's embrace the live streaming and do it as hard as we possibly can i want to be I, I have a bunch of fans in brazil i want them to see me play live but hopefully eventually i can fly down there so they can give me their drugs <laughs> it's a balance though like the, the, like coming out of this if every venue isn't equipped to live stream their shows from their website where I where where if I'm in California and someone's playing a show in Nashville and it's Friday night and I want to sit in my living room and watch it I can pay I can pay the venue 10 bucks to watch the show and then the venue gets half of it the artist gets half of it all of a sudden you know you're gonna be making way more money on every show than you would be without the live stream like this is what this is this is the issue like every, every venue reopening needs to have that capability if they're doing live entertainment is to let the whole world see it because a, a, a bar with a 75 capacity uh, live room could have 3,000 people watching that's what I'm saying like and it's, and it's not a bit like it's it's one it's it's a computer it's you know it's it's you can do one camera or three or whatever and and you and you just line it out, and and you and you and you're streaming it to everywhere. It's, it's, it's a minimal. It's a minimal investment for maximum profit. It's an, it's a brave new world. And incidentally, guys, the reason I said Christian Bale is because he was originally slated to play the role. <laughs> oh shit! How would you? Well done. Well, yeah, I applaud. I, I applaud you figuring yeah, out the I mean, way to be right. If I could punch through a computer screen without breaking it <laughs> and just shatter your face, I would. Shut the fuck up, Nick. But uh, damn nation, somebody just dropped the fucking mic. Am I right? That was awesome. Well done. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, uh, that's pretty interesting you bring that up, Nick, because I think in the past, live streaming um, shows from from a venue has been kind of a niche thing, uh, maybe even like a, like a, what am I looking for here? Um, a gimmick in a way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Especially for smaller venues. Like there's a spot, I, I'm sure you guys have heard of it, Kulak's Woodshed in North Hollywood. We play it. Yeah, and they've got room in there for what, 12 people? Yeah, you can get about 25 people in there, yeah. uh, nice and tight. So real small venue, but they live stream... We capacity, the same when we did it, I think. Oh, fuck, yeah, we did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we were probably breaking fire codes. Yep, but their thing is they live stream every single show, and they have a lot of cameras, and I think, um, I think 
I think that's a really cool thing that they do, and they're way ahead of their time when it comes they, to that. And the sound quality of the live video, like, the, oh my God, who has their phone on? Oh wow, man, I, that had better be your manager. It is exactly my manager. Uh, can we do a quick pause? <laughs> sure. All right, I'm just I'm gonna go ahead and roll. Okay. All right, uh, everything okay on the uh, management front? Oh yes, yes. Um, we uh, we're releasing our official music video for the song I just released Good Things. We got the site V13 to premiere it, which is great. And uh, everything was supposed to be led into this Friday release and doing all that, you know, online promotion stuff. But uh, it's out today. And we didn't know that. So now we're pivoting. And, and so we were talking about how if we want to wait to do the YouTube thing. And then she just called me and said, nope, no, there's too many people going. Let's just everybody go see the video. And here it is. And read the article. So we're basically just like, Surprise! No teasers. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's an unofficial pre-release. Like, it's it's the unofficial. Well, it was we had a pre-release that was going okay. to be a teaser thing, but now all of it has turned into a release. That's hilarious. All right, so uh, for people listening to this, uh, where are they finding this video? Uh, Nick, it's, what's your they, YouTube? Where are they finding this video? On YouTube, bud. On your YouTube's. Oh yeah. Okay. What's your YouTube channel called? In fairness, v13.net. Yes, where there's the article is, and that's where you should check it out. Yeah, read the article there, and there's a link to the Find YouTube. Out the nuts and bolts. <laughs> Perfect. But then my YouTube, uh, just go Kalen Chase, good things, and you'll you'll see it. It's not the lyric video; it's the other one. Awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad uh, glad everything's working out because sometimes when things pre-release like that, maybe the back end's not quite ready or like they link to a video that's not there. Yeah, fortunately, we were we were prepped and ready to go, and um, my uh, my manager Crystal Gans is is a a lister and a pro. Uh, shout out! Try, uh, I, I I've heard <laughs> that people appreciate recognition and praise. Which is something I find silly. Yeah, because you don't appreciate that at all. I don't care about that, Nick. I like money and gifts. Like a dragon. <laughs> yeah. Everything else just feels a little empty, huh? Well, I'm not great at taking compliments. I like that people... I want people to enjoy what I do. I, I get... You know, I'm, I'm a narcissist. I get that. But, like, if somebody just walks up and says, Hey, this was good and you did a great job at it. I'm like, <laughs> Get away. <laughs> I don't like that. But if somebody walks up and says, Hey... <coughs> Pardon me. Here's some mescaline because you did nice. Like, see, rewarding things with physical stuff instead of the emotional fucking minutia. No, way better. Uh, what what if it was like chocolate or something like that? Is that as That's good as nice. drugs? I mean, or... A gift is a gift. I appreciate anything. It's thoughtful. I mean, I'm trying not to eat too much sugar other than the stuff that lives in booze. So uh, I would give that to somebody else, but I would regift it and and I would appreciate the person doing it. Huh. Regifts are kind of fun, actually. I am a big fan of the regift, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Because it's like, I appreciate the thought of you giving this to me. I have no use for this, but I'm going to make someone else happy, which in turn should be, you know, good for you. Karmically, it should bolster the whole situation. That What's that movie where Haley Joel Osment had a, like, greater cheese face? Or no, no, Kevin Spacey had the greater cheese face. Helen Hunt wasn't naked in it, thank God. What was that movie? Pay it forward! Oh, so it's right on the nose. I like, I like me some Helen Hunt, man. What's your problem with Helen Hunt? Oh, Nick, that is so dark. Yeah. I don't understand what you're doing. What? You thought he was awesome. I'm a big fan of her comedy and, and stuff like that, but it's like Helen Hunt doesn't do it for me. Even young Helen Hunt. I was just like, I wanted her to be like the Twister. sensible... Dude, she was sexy in Twister, man. She was totally sexy in Twister. 
I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Bill Paxton was sexy in Twister. I'll also agree with that. Bill Paxton's sexy in everything. That's not worth it. I'm talking about Helen. I'd rather not talk about Helen. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, so you guys remember like Spencer Gifts? Hell yeah! Like oh, yeah. Spencer Gifts, it was just a, a a whole store of garbage. Yeah. That was actually like painful to receive on the gifting end, right? Like if someone get you something from Spencer Gifts, you're like, ha, this is funny. I don't want it. Yeah. Well, that's that's where the the re-gift comes exactly. in. Exactly. That's because, something you could just keep passing forward and it becomes funnier fun. each time. It's fun at the party, like with the fart button or the, the thing that says, you know, the whatever vulgar thing the it naked is. Naked fat woman. Yeah, and, and it's like, great. And you have fun with it at the party, then you wait and you give it to somebody else and then they can do the same thing. It's, a Spencer's gift was meant for a one-time usage or just a visual, visceral, ha, 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 creating <laughs> mirth. And then get it out of my fucking house. Me and my roommates had this. This is when I lived in L.A. Um, we had this like fairy clock, like this really gaudy, like in your grandmother's basement fairy clock. And we would hide it in each other's rooms so that, that eventually you'd find it. You'd be like, no, I've had it this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I love stuff like that. Uh, my friends do that with um, erotic gay uh, playing cards. Um <laughs> So it's it's basically every card is a picture of a very very svelte man with a massive engorged erection, and they get very crea- creative. One time I pulled out two uh, cans of like stock or something for cooking, and they had had it in there, and so it kind of popped out, and I got the card with the dick, um, all sorts of times. So they they constantly hide the dick card. So to beat them, I've taken the dick card after I found it, and we all giggled, and I just put it on my nightstand. You just left it there. I. No one can hide it. It's in plain sight. And now there will be no more surprises. So their fun is ruined. And no, my you do expect you like having that on your nightstand. It's, it's, his body is a great inspiration to us all to say, <laughs> maybe maybe don't eat the sugars and do some fucking sit-ups. Um, it's not like in my eyesight. It's not held up on a fucking stand. It's lying on the, the dresser nightstand. Hold on. Are you trying to say that you have an, uh, a, a naked man with an erection as your single image vision board? I suppose, yeah. I mean, there's nothing else on the vision board. If it's on my nightstand, I guess I got my change. I've got my knife. I got the so card with the dick on it. Yeah. I got my card with the dick on it. I, get, I got a place for my beverage. I got the Nightmare Before Christmas lamp. I got the card with the dick on it. This does sound like a vision board to me. It really does. I accidentally <laughs> have a vision board on my nightstand. That's amazing. Well, fuck. I, had it. I guess, you know what? I'm not going to take the guy with the dick on it because I'm not a homophobe and I'm not really worried about it. It's the King of Hearts, too. I'm, I mean, if he's inspiring you, why? I guess that was more of a bit. I, I guess I just... What it's inspiring me is that my friends can't come over and hide the dick card anymore. Oh, okay, because you just got it out. Yeah. I just defeated them. They were hoisted by their own patad, and that was fun for me. Uh-huh. So I guess it is inspiring. The dick card represents crushing yeah. your enemies. There you go. And a vascular penis. It's <laughs> oh, vascular. Yeah. You can see, like, the... Anyway... Yeah, you, you've, you've taken time. You, you've considered this. I appreciate that. I take time to consider everything. Nick, I don't sleep a lot. True. My contingencies have contingencies. I think with the dick card, we're done with this one. I don't think there's anywhere else for us to go. No. Let's leave it there. Maneria. Maneria. Shut up, Nick! <laughs>
All right, guys, I love it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you're subscribed to this channel. Check us out. We're going to start launching this everywhere, whether it's YouTube or, or iTunes or Spotify. It's going to be kind of everywhere. So tune in wherever you want to listen, and we will see you next time. Thank you.